This feels like I literally down. hit record and then slam my t- my hand on the desk. I am the worst podcaster ever. Don't move. All right. All right. Welcome to the Lazy Revolver podcast, where we talk about pretty much anything we want. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, welcome. To the Dreadnought Podcast. Are we going to keep doing that? It's not called the Dreadnought Podcast. All right, fine. fine. Every single podcast, you make that joke. And every single podcast, I tell you, we're not doing that. You're right. It's the Apex Podcast. Apex Twin? Apex Twin. (laughs) How'd you like that video? The window licker? Don't. Don't. Don't do that. I don't want to ever have to show people that. Oh, those are some amazing dreams. Amazing wet dreams, right? It was very wet. I will admit that. There was a lot of water in that music video. <laughs> Apex Twin has really weird music videos in general. I don't think I've seen a single Apex Twin music video that's not really weird. Like in some weird fucked up way. I think the only other one I've seen is with that really skinny, weird like vampire thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know which one you're talking about. I don't remember what that one's called, though. It's like screaming at the old lady. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, he has he has a yeah, I think it's a he has a lot of really weird ones. What if it turns out to be two girls? Why does it have to be two girls? Why can't it be three twins. men? What if they're Oh, got you there. I rather think about women. Sexist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um one thing I one thing I did have planned to talk about today is uh our opinions on film school, mainly because uh and I don't know if the audience knows this, but we just graduated out of Scottsdale. USC. USC. Yeah, I wish. We just graduated out of Scottsdale Community College's film program here in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, it's been a long journey. Two years. Well, I guess longer for you. You did three years, didn't you? Yeah. I went through the danger zone. And I came out the other way pretty much the same, except, you know, your your I analogies aren't making any sense at all. All that needs to matter is that you know <laughs> it's danger zone. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I but I mean, what what did you think? Uh, I mean, what are, what are your ideas on on how like do you think do did you think it was a waste of time? Did you like it? I mean, a lot of students think their time at school is a waste of time, but looking back on it, what would you think? To be honest, I feel the first the first two years were they were pretty good right learned a lot but as soon as i got done with um the block which is pretty much our um what do you say your short film where you really get your hands dirty yeah the the film school boot camp kind of thing the boot camp as soon as the boot camp hit its final moments everything started to drop off from the learning to just so so like the the beginnings of your film school there was a lot of learning but yeah. it kind of kind of after then it was a lot off. of recap and animosity i i would have to i would have to agree i i i feel like i mean the animosity just comes from students in general i yeah. don't really think i would blame the film school for it i will say i think uh it started off as a very technical school they taught you how to you know, this is what an ap- aperture does. This is what this does. And as a coming out of high school into that, that was very um, informative. I, I, I mean, I have a father as a photographer, but oddly enough, I never really absorbed a lot of that information. <laughs> um, Shut up, Dad. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but but once, I, once I started going to film school, it, I felt like uh, I, I started to absorb that a little bit more. I was, I was passionate about it. Um, and then later on, after like I I would say my second year, which would be your last year as well, um, it was uh, it, it was a bit more theory. It was a bit more like, what do you think? What do you think about this or that director or this or that scene? And the which is great. I I will never say the theory was bad. It was, but it was more so the fact that whole classes were based on theory, and when you when you base a class on theory, it's like you get a grade on whether or not your opinion is the same as the teacher's opinion. And that's, you know, that, that I felt was a li- kind of weak on the film yeah. school side. Well, at least we got some internships 
which that kind of boosted our experience. But for some others who may not have been as fortunate, they may have hit this point way earlier. Mm-hmm. But for us, we were able to get on that feature, uh, Speak No Evil. Right, Rose's direct- feature. Yeah, Rose's feature. Which, and just quick tangent, that got picked up by uh, Lionsgate Studios. Oh, that's good. For distribution. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Good for him. I heard that they might be making a second one. Yeah, but it was uh it wasn't speak no evil, it was like hear no evil or one of the other uh you know the the he- the monkeys, the hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. I think he's like going for a thing like that. But okay. We'll see. I'm sure we'll probably get a call for that maybe, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Rose, don't leave me behind. Rose, we love you. <laughs> um but I, I I and I agree with you on that. It's because it was a because it's a thing of I, most. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that are very anti film school because the degree won't do you anything. I mean, even coming out of film school, I do realize having this degree, everybody like kind of likes to sugarcoat it. Like I, I got th- at least five different people coming to me saying, "Well, you having a degree at all makes you completely. It makes you much more marketable. You'll <laughs> you'll be able to get a higher job." pay and all that thing and I I kind of got to a point where I was like the the objective of it was not really to come out of it with a degree and and I and I tell I was telling my my little brother this I tell film students that are just going into the program this I I say it's it's not about getting the degree the degree is nice what you need to what, what you got to do is you got to get out there you got to start making making films making stuff um and and use the degree and put that into the stuff you make. But don't make the degree the thing you make because yeah. the degree doesn't the, the degree in truth doesn't do anything. And if if it's if content creation is just what you want to do then yes, you you should get to content creation. But I feel like I would not be anywhere near where I am now without the film yeah. school. But that's the thing is for resumes outside of this like entertainment industry in general, they'll look at degrees and work experience as Mm -hmm. opposed to film and everything where they just look at work experience and products that you've put out. Right. So if you're a director, they don't care if you graduated from USC or community of Austin, Texas or whatever. Yeah. They just want to know that you can produce a product that they can accept. Right. So in the long run, going to film school, in my opinion, is great as long as you're networking. Very true. As soon Very as true. you stop networking, you should leave. Because as soon as you know everybody there, I feel that you should just leave and just start using those connections to start making your stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, to our knowledge, we already know a person who's gotten pretty successful off of that. Mm-hmm. And Wait. he may be going somewhere with it if he can keep keep it going. Right. And just, you know, do the constant learning and everything. Because... The classroom theory, it's good, but just hands-on is where we learn how to be filmmakers. Right, right, uh, which is 100%. I, and, and my like my final thing I would say to anyone thinking about going into a film school, um, and diff- different film schools are different. Um, I mean, I, I can't compare SCC, a, a community <laughs> college, which I will say is the best um, college, I believe, in Arizona probably – uh, for film, or, or at least one of the best. Um, so don't let the community college part of the title uh, really uh, discourage the merit of, of learning. But uh, the the whole idea of film school is, I, I would tell anybody, is I wouldn't recommend going full-time. I felt like, um, I felt like for me, I went full-time straight out of high school, and I just didn't have time for two years. Like, I... I I, I didn't have time to do anything, make anything. I had big ideas, um, and and it, and it became a thing of I was working on other projects. I was keeping myself yeah. busy. I was learning all the all that stuff. But when it came to uh, to making things and to to creating and being being a, a director and a and a writer and a creator, I didn't feel like I uh, I got that as much. And I think that's yeah. a little bit because I went full time. I went yeah. like I was going to school immediately and then work immediately after. So what what I would recommend for most people is if if you want to get a film degree, um, more power to you. I think you should. I, I personally think you should maybe try doing 
a part-time film student job, a part-time work job if, if you have one or if you need one, and then that last part-time, just making content, getting it out there. You can usually most classes they'll they'll sign you off to to get student equi- or uh, yeah school equipment to to make content. And if you go out and you make content uh, in the time that you wouldn't be you know watching a movie or uh, surfing Facebook or something, you'll learn way more on that movie than you probably would um, sitting there watching someone else make a movie kind of thing. So. Yeah, I I would rec- I recommend people go to film schools. I think you, it's a it's a really good place to to if you can't if you don't know where to start. Uh, I think I think that was my biggest thing is the film industry. I didn't understand it, didn't know it, didn't get it. I was like, where do I start? Well, the best way to start, in my opinion, is at a film school. It's a it's a great leaping point. I mean, the only other good starting point would be literally just go on Craigslist and find people who are looking for film. I always, you know, tell people careful of careful of Craigslist because. <laughs> You know, looking for some male actors. Yeah, <laughs> but you can you can get um you can get a a good education, a good starting point, and and get a good basis on what you need to do, and then take that and and you know make it, make what you want, do what you want, live the dream that you're wanting. Don't wait for the dream. You know. At least that's how I feel. I mean, I don't know if you agree, if you think that it was a waste of your time. I mean... I agree with it. Uh-huh. But to your point, the problem that we have both probably faced is that we went into it with the full-time thing because we were focusing on the degree. Which, if it was part-time, we would have been able to focus on creating our content, learning more. We would have been able to actually do the ideas that we're having in class opposed to either being always at work in class or on someone else's shoot where we ended up not really doing what we wanted Mm -hmm. but learning how to basically be uh, below the line and working for other people's products that we were not as passionate about which somewhat is the drawback to the like I guess film schools, mm-hmm. but as long as you can keep in mind that you're going to make your own stuff, I feel that film school is going to be good for you. Well, now you're you're touching on something that's a little bit of a uh, a personal philosophy of myself that I I personally feel like you you even even as a director, even as a writer, even as um somebody who wants to be, a, and a, a, as you say, above the line, for those of you who don't know, above the lines, like, uh, I, I believe it's producer, director, uh, I think writers, writers there, and cinematographer. Yep. Yeah. Um, Which, it's kind of iffy on cinematographer, because yeah. some shoots, it's all, yeah, he's above the line, and some shoots, it's all, he's kind of right. below. I kind of just put it, like, on the line, because I don't know how people feel about it. Right, and uh, ba- basically, the creative heads of any project. Yeah. Um, but I will, I, I will say there, there's a level of doing all the footwork and all the, all the below the line jobs before you immediately jump into it. Like I know a lot of directors, they go straight into, I'm a director, I'm a director, I'm a director. And, and the, I, I, I find those directors usually are the ones that ask for the impossible, for the impossible. And they don't understand how to, how to tailor a vision to what they have and what they can do. Yeah. And they, they usually end up being more like, and they're usually the ones by the end of a project that are like, it didn't come out the way yeah. I want. And they start pointing fingers at all the below the line people. Yeah. And it, it's a, it's a thing of, I, I, I would always recommend people work every position, every job, understand how that position is seen, how that position works and, and how, I mean, even basic knowledge and terminology can, can increase the respect of your crew in their eyes. Yeah. And just, for when it comes to creativity, I feel like as soon as you get above the line, like everyone should have at least been in like all the below the line positions mm-hmm. so that you're not running up to like a grip or something or your VFX artist or someone and you're all, I need this ridiculous thing. And then the person's all, what? Yeah. Like if you sh- like if we showed up to the VFX house and we're all, I need a dragon in this right corner. And I need him to be fighting it. 
And can I have that by this yeah. this afternoon? And can you uh can you get this into proper exposure? I know it was blown out on set, but we can fix it in post. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's always the worst offender is is <laughs> when when directors start saying we'll fix it in post oh, without you know knowing what you can fix in post because they yep. feel like it's just magic. Yes, we can fix a lot of things in post. Yes, technology. But post is a last resort. Yeah. Well, if you can fix it on set, you should probably always fix it on set. Well, the the one thing I will say just just to that, it's not always the last resort. But but it's it's a thing of if you plan on having visual effects or any kind of post messing around playing with which by the way this goes into maybe doing some visual effects even as a director because then you can kind of under, you can kind of you can visualize things in a technical mindset as yeah. well as a, as a creative but um and a little bit understand the money that's going behind all the time and labor. right. But there's a but there's a there's a project I'm actually working on I'm I'm uh, currently doing where they actually they filmed it. They looked at it afterwards, and they're like, that doesn't look good. And they just – they kind of came to me, said, hey, could you just fix this? And I <laughs> asked them, I was like, how do you want me to fix this? And they said, oh, could you try this, 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 and this? They want some lens flares, a logo in the back, which is fine. I can, I can usually get that done. I mean, especially because the stuff that they're wanting is, like, not moving – non-moving shots. They're, they're fairly done. But it's a it the the problem that I find with that is uh it's it's a thing of where the only time they ever plan for visual effects is when it's fixing it. They yeah. never plan for visual effects like the way that you should plan for visual effects. In it's like pre-production, a, basically. Yeah, it, exactly. You say here this shot right here has visual effects in it, and you know that when you're writing the script, when you're filming it, and when you're doing it, and you film it so that it's easy to do the visual effects. A lot of a lot of times, I'll get I'll get yeah. footage that's like somebody who with epilepsy holding <laughs> a camera and they're shaking around everywhere, and then they're it, like, "Can you you can track this right?" It's no. cinematic. We want that shaky cam. Yeah. You know, we saw Elysium. Yeah, but it's like, and it's like, can you fix this? And they have no they have no idea the technical the technical aspect of what it takes to track things. So I'm usually just going going in blind a lot of times, trying to trying to fix a fix a shot or, yeah. or track something. Because they don't research and learn the stuff that they're doing. They just kind of say, oh, he'll fix it. And the problem with that is when you say, oh, he'll fix it, when he can't fix it because you've given him bad footage or you've, you've asked for something impossible from your grip and electric team yeah. or something like that, you, you immediately go, well, it's their fault then. My vision is perfect. My vision is fine. It's their fault. But it's not. It's your, it's your fault. It's just you're pointing fingers. And it's it's – it creates a toxic environment that's never a good thing, and I—that's why I, I knowing yeah. these things and researching before before you go into them is always better yeah. than just going in blind. Yeah, just put in the time, kids. Put, put in, in the some time, time for pre-production because you never want to be caught on set with your pants down and just going. It must be this guy's fault. Yeah, because all you're gonna do is just show that you are. Not only learning, but you are the type of person that can never take responsibility yeah. when you're basically caught with your pants down. Yeah. It just, in general, I think pre-production will always save you and always have backups because there's been too many times where someone's all, yeah, plan this. Right. The day of, oh my God, guys, um, so we're missing the grip truck. <laughs> we don't have a location. Um, let's just film at my house. Yeah. They, yeah, and, and then you suddenly turn a really cool, what what could be a really cool product into a really easy product, and usually when it looks easy, it also looks cheap. And It looks cheap, and it won't come out to your vision at all. Yeah, uh, and I mean, it, there's there's a level to be said about cheap. I, I, I watch things that look, and, and I use air quotes when I say cheap, because it, it does look easy. It looks homemade, it looks everything, but there's a little bit of a, of an uh it looks like they put effort into it they just don't know how to make it nice that's one thing it's a whole nother thing when they say we're gonna make the next blockbuster with you know a little handy cam no lighting and script writing that really honestly looks like he didn't give it to anybody to read over it at all and yeah. it looks like you just you didn't put any time and effort into what essentially should be your baby. Your your film is your creation, your baby. Just like an artist who paints, you know that that painting is theirs. 
the art, the the film is is not only yours but everybody else who helped you make it. It becomes a, it becomes a thing of you need to treat this like it's your painting, your your drawing, your child. You know, it's an extension of you. You you gotta you gotta push past. I'm I'm moving away from the mic as I'm talking. <laughs> you gotta push past the 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 standard thing of everybody thinks filmmaker every filmmaker is next year's Hollywood director. Because that's what I feel like everyone talks about. They don't ever talk about, I want to make something that's good, that will drive an emotion. Yeah. It, 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 everybody thinks it's going to be something bigger. I'm going to make money, and it's and I'm going to get and I'm going to get noticed. But nobody ever thinks, is the audience going to cry? Is the audience going to laugh? Is the is your audience going to even care? No, yeah. I don't hear that often, and it's because there's there is a little bit of a. Of a, of a gap. And, and that's the one thing film yeah. school doesn't teach you. And they should. And they should. There's a great thing that they do say on their part is don't ever expect it to be your magnum opus. Because there is always. Big words. <laughs> Jesus. Getting so, Latin up in here. <laughs> yes, I've studied that in my three years at community college. And I'm <laughs> now fluent. <laughs> but um, there's a amazing short on Vimeo called The Gap by uh, Ian, I think. Like, oh, I think you showed me this. Yeah, and it basically goes through, and it's like an inspirational video, which basically tells you that for most people, there's a gap of like around four years from what they want their vision to come out as and what it actually comes out as. Right, right. So it's basically from when you're the amateur to when you're the pro and you actually can get those visions that are in your head of this idea and like actually show it to someone Mm -hmm. and get the reaction that you want. Right. So coming out of like film school and everything, even that... Two years down, right? Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully two years. (laughs) But... Even then, it's however it's not the amount of time that you've spent in film school that's contributing to the gap. Right. It's all the content that you've made on your own. Yeah. That no, is, totally. Yeah. Totally. I, but the the funny thing they don't say in that video is how the gap, even though yes, it's four years. Yeah. It 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 will be significantly longer if you don't actually make things. Like you can yeah. just say, "Well, I'll, I got this idea. I'll just write it for four years, and then it'll be good, right?" Nope. No, that's not what that means. It's <laughs> you have to make you you have to make it like beginning, middle, end. That's the big thing. Yeah, is a lot of people will just m- like write a script and hope somebody finds it. I mean, yeah. which is which is fine. That's how scriptwriters work. Uh, but it's like people will make one script, and uh, and it's like that's it. If you're a scriptwriter, you got to keep writing scripts. You get better yeah. at dialogue. You get better at this. You get better yeah. at that. If you're a filmmaker, if you're a cinematographer, you got to keep filming things. Experiment with lighting. Try different. Try different things. Try different lights. Even yeah. when you're a when, when you're a director, well, obviously a director just needs to keep making movies. It's that's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. But and don't ever jump into someone else's shoes when you're a director. Just allow someone else to take over because your part will be over as soon as it's. As soon as it's going to distribution and everything, just let it, let it, just divorce it. Divorce the idea. Well, let uh, someone else care, care about it because you need to be going towards something else. You it, can come back and revisit it, but I. It's always, it, well, it, and like I said, it, 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 it all, it all, it all, this is a big one. I'm, I'm stuttering now, but it, this is another big one that uh, doesn't really teach you, in, uh, at least in film school that I found was. There are different workflows and methods to different levels of filmmaking. The idea, the, the, the one that you just brought up, is, is usually for people like, I mean, kind of like Rose. He's, gi- he's given his film to Lionsgate to uh, distribute. His job now is to move on and start writing pre-production, all of his thing for his next film. Lionsgate will take care of Speak No Evil. They, they have it. But when it comes to someone, someone like us, we make our films, we support our films, we uh, constantly take our films into, into consideration when we're thinking of our next films. 
our film, uh, each film we make is is never um, done and good. I mean, it, it is in the in the fact of once it's uploaded, once you once you've been like here, world, here's my film. Yeah, it's done. But at the same time, it's it's that thing of you can you can never really let go of a child. You can never really let go of something that was a great idea, and whether or not it turned out good or bad. It still wear it still wears on you, and it's still a part of you. So it's it, as a director, it, you can't. It, it doesn't always work as just divorce it. You're always going to be worried about it. Is it doing good? Is it doing bad? Is it this or that? Yeah. What you can do is try to numb yourself to it a little bit. Yeah. Um, especially if you like, especially with <laughs> societies like YouTube, where <laughs> don't read the comments. Yeah. Just don't try to go back and send out constant re-edits of something. Yes. That's where it, that's where it is. You need you need to be done. You can never be finished, but you yeah. can, you need to be done. Like as soon as it's all all right, guys. It's the red carpet event. Here's the premiere night of my film. Let it just be that. That's the final cut. Don't if you absolutely have to only do one more cut. Yeah. Well, uh, not even a cut. Just like even even if it's like just remaking the the sound design or yeah. something like that. That's that's small and little enough. Like uh, I yeah. see that a lot with um, box cuts. They'll they'll do a re-edit or something like that. But yeah, but even then, they they have to at some point just stop and yeah. be all. We have to release this. Yeah, you move on because it is stopping us from growing. Yeah. Because we're constantly going back and looking at this one idea when we could be working on a different idea that we just got. Yeah. And starting on a clean new slate. It's the same thing as if you are you have a piece of paper and you're all, this is my one piece of paper and you write out your, you write out a ridiculous like story or whatever. Then you start erasing it. And then you keep doing that over and over again. But the issue is because you're just writing over it over and over again, the paper wears out. Right. And just like an idea, the idea will just wither and die because you won't allow it to just stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Um, and like I said, it, it, it all comes to uh, it all comes to what methodology you have. But I definitely agree with you. I think that I think that there's a level of uh, there's a level of it can be tweaked. And then there's a level of it just needs an overhaul. And if you're <laughs> like it just needs an overhaul, and you've already put it out, just leave it. Just let yeah. it be. Let it be bad. It's okay. It, yeah. You the way you make up for bad films is you make a good one the next time around. That's exactly. the best way you do it. And well, honestly, the best way to 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 get over bad films is to not make them bad films. I mean, start. If you're well. Are you talking about spoof? Well, no. Bad I'm, or I'm more I'm more talking about like. Uh, like films that, when you watch them, you're like, "Was this supposed to be serious? I can't tell." And oh yeah. It, and it's like the, when when you when you confuse your audience like that. You, I mean, usually, by most people's standards, that's that's a yeah. bad film. I mean, there's some people that enjoy those films. I'm not talking. I'm not saying <laughs> that that's a bad genre or anything. No, no. But, um, it, it's a thing of when it when it becomes like that, and you're like, "Well, we messed this up, and we messed that yeah. up." At some point, it's just like, "Let it be bad." Maybe even, in fact, change the way you market it, being like, yeah, call it a call it a grindhouse or like yeah. one of those co- comedy movies. Yeah, you for know? instance, Evil Dead, the first one came out and was not at all what they wanted it to be. Right, people tore it apart, but the funny thing was that everyone laughed at it. Right, and they saw that, and they're all, well, I guess this is pretty campy. So the, for the second one, they played to that. Yep. And now they have this entire like cult classic where it's all, dude. Evil Dead series is amazing. I think it's funny. You and everyone's all. You bring that up. I just saw that like two days ago. Oh, did you see the remake finally? I haven't seen the remake. Oh, you just saw. I, the I old saw. One? I saw. Yeah, I rewatched the old one. Yeah, as ridiculous. And, and wasn't it like it? It was bad for being a horror movie, but good for being a spoof on horror. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and even even it being a horror movie, it. It's campy. It didn't. Yeah. It's not scary, but at the same time, it is. Well, it, there's a couple scary, scary there's moments. There's a couple good like jump scares, but but it's, it's still, it's still, it's entertaining. Yeah. Nonetheless, I mean, it, like I said, whether or not you can classify it as one thing, I keep saying like I said, I didn't say that ever. You can classify <laughs> it as one thing, uh, or you can't. But if it was entertaining, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. 
you know? It feels right. Yeah, just where it's for YouTube, it's all don't read the comments. And for that, I will say yes, but also no, because in the instance of like Evil Dead, they reading the comments paid off. Right. But where it doesn't pay off is where you get defensive about it and you start like attacking your viewers that are basically talking about how they felt about your movie just because they don't share the same output just always try to learn from everything that you're going to send out don't try to just lock down and be all well it's the it's the viewer's fault they didn't see what i was seeing they should they should be more like me right and and there's a little bit of a of a ideology to to it as well i mean i i feel like we're kind of just saying be the perfect human being (laughs) i am always right don't don't do all those things that everyone else does wrong but it's like there's also an ideology of make what you like and hope that and hope that there's enough people out there like you that'll like it back it's uh it's the same it's the same ideology that um the rooster teeth has and i i bring up rooster teeth because they're they were my reason for getting into film um, why I started going fil- go to film school and everything was on their on their thing uh, their website they have that their business plan is they want to make things that make them laugh and hope that there's an, the hope there's enough people out there that will laugh along with them and I gotta tell you that methodology was so right they are they are con- they continue to grow to this day as as yeah. a as a production company I still am a, yeah. a huge fan of them and it's a thing of that's that's kind of how it should be as well is even though maybe they didn't see it exactly the way you did, you just got to keep making what feels right to you. And, exactly. And, well, keeping your audience in mind. Always keep your audience in mind. But, you know, the second you start saying, well, I'm just going to make an action film because I hear action <laughs> films are, are big yeah. now, you're not going to – it won't feel right and it won't come out right. Yeah. Don't come in mind with the money yeah. or the fame yeah. in mind because – as soon as you start doing that, you come out with things where it's always, oh, well, look at the, all the explosions. Yeah. Well, then it also it also yeah. starts borderline parody, you know? It, yeah, it, it becomes a thing of, uh, it, this is a spoof on action films rather than an actual action film. So. Yeah. But I think we've beaten that subject to death. I don't know if you have any money, closing, money, 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 money. closing comments of that. <laughs> Not, not very many. Yeah, no, I'm actually. I, I'm, I'm glad. I, I really appreciate everything everyone's done for me at the film school. I'm, they will always be a part of my, uh, a part of my life and a part of my mind. And hopefully, we'll be able to get some of, uh, some of our close friends from the film school, in on these podcasts. I know we were supposed to have one of them, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, because of a change of location, we, uh, <laughs> unfortunately had to weren't able to to contact her but uh hopefully we'll be hearing from uh some some people soon and uh they'll be helping us with a lot of shorts and and other things yep but uh this is only the beginning this is this is only the beginning um but uh on a different on a different note i started playing sleeping dogs i know this is like old news now but uh <laughs> it was uh it was on it was free on xbox like three months ago <laughs> i think a while a while ago yeah and i downloaded it and i haven't gotten to play it till like just now <laughs> did that game do well i i don't know i don't i feel like it's one of those square enix games where they're all oh it didn't sell how was we that, wanted it to was that really square enix yeah i believe it was to, i thought that was like i thought it was like mad dog or something no i think it was uh square enix uh we don't have Montreal the handy laptop. or something. <laughs> yeah, we don't have the handy laptop. Just pull out your phone. Just pull out. Your phone. Uh, uh, I'm looking. Don't for it. don't make it awkward. <laughs> da, 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 da. I love how nobody can you tell. You know, guys, I could pull. It, I pulled out my phone, but because we've mentioned it, and if I am right, you owe me fifty bucks. No. Well, we have to make a bet about this. I You're swear, too far it's fair. I can't I shake your hand. I swear it's Square Enix. You know. I'm also could be you know terribly wrong. But wow. I feel I it was we one were... of those games where they okay. came out and it was all, oh, we wanted like a billion dollars uh-huh. and we didn't get it. This game did terrible. But people are all, 
This game did amazing. It sold like millions. Well, I just looked it up, and it looks like the developers were United Front Games and Square Enix London Studios. So I was correct. half right. You were correct. <laughs> um, Psychic. Uh, yeah, I, Cole, I, I have no clue where I got Mad Dogs, but I am awesome. Maybe it's just because it was called Dogs. <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, I'm I'm really loving it. I actually was uh, was really surprised. I, the The fighting mechanic is pretty. Uh, for some reason, it's just a lot of fun. It's really it's difficult, but not too di- difficult. So like Batman esque. Yeah, yeah, actually, very Batman esque. Um, a, a little bit less um, automatic targeting like Batman. Like oh. how I, you could you could press X and it'll like zoom you to each <laughs> each guy. I find myself well, punching the air a lot of times, but yeah. Well, the yeah, thing it's with a, it's um, similar. well, the thing with Batman, uh, the Arkham series. Mm-hmm. For Arkham series, uh, for the Arkham City, I found out this awesome trick where if you direct him with the analog stick for like moving around, yeah, and you press square, you can control where he's jumping around. Wow, dude! And welcome the, to the fucking twenty first century. It was awesome. That's okay. like the most basic. And the thing is, no, no, the, the trick is that you're supposed to always make sure that no one is a close enough to you to strike, and b is able to actually um, be, like, standing. So what you end up doing is you jump, like, clearly across, like, ridiculous amounts. Uh Uh-huh. And you're just constantly trying to make sure everyone's down. Yeah. And you never want to press triangle unless you absolutely have to. I, because I, you always want to be in free flow. I press triangle just because I like to watch the animation. <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> Pressing triangle, you get less on your combo meter, which right. will mean that you get less to your free flow. So you'll always be slowing yourself down if you're doing triangle. But if you do square, you'll be able to build up your special attacks and all these other like crazy things. True. And you'll be able to move way faster. True. So just... For my instance, I'd say just always just jump across the map and always use a normal well, strike. Well, the, the problem the problem with that is Sleeping Dogs doesn't have that jumping mechanic. I like know. I said, if I if I like turn around, there's no guy to punch. I'll just be <laughs> punching the air like four or five times. But uh, but it but does have that sure. that um, it, and I'm playing on an Xbox, so instead of triangle, it's the Y. Uh, but I press Y, and it does have that really cool like, um, kick move. But I. I thought the, the the reason I think it's a, it's really interesting and different. It's, I mean, it's an open world game. It's it's almost like it it almost feels like a GTA clone in a way where it's like the the open world is just almost got thrown in there. Like it, it they didn't really develop the open world very well. But um, surprise. But the fighting mechanics are are really well done, and the animations are a- actually look like something that a real person would do who knows martial arts. Which is really cool. It's it's very it's very um, it's like every fighting movie, Jap- like Japanese fighting movie you've ever seen, kind of thing. I don't know if I don't think it's set in J- Japan, but I'm just saying like those types of fighting movies. Um, it's it's that kind of action. Um, and, and and the cool thing is is because it's set overseas, and this is just a little little detail thing that I didn't think about. But every single time I get on the, I try to get into a car. I get into the car on the left side of the car. And the steering wheel's on the right side. So I never, I always get into the car and have to wait for my guy to get over to the right seat. I always forget that. American. Yeah. But, I, I mean, you know, it's driving on the left. It's pretty great. But uh, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm really like, I'm not very far through it at all. Uh, but I just feel like um, it was one of those games that I kept getting confused because Sleeping Dogs and Watch Dogs were both like, like Watch Dogs was just like revving up their, their, uh, uh, their hype train before they yeah, got delayed. Their their hype train, I guess, for lack of a better word, delayed to derez. But um, but like those two games were like seemed to be competing for attention, and I kept getting the two wrong all the time. So I I didn't really this one kind of passed under my radar, and then now that it's free and it came out, I re- I really like it, and I uh I'm thinking about it. I heard I've seen some of the DLC on there. There's a zombie mode. Kind of <laughs> curious about that. But uh, but I'll maybe you'll I'll play do a let's play first. on it. Maybe maybe we'll see, we'll see. Does that have multiplayer? I don't know if it has multiplayer. We might just one screen it. Huh. There was a 
nice game I found that was uh, Tales of Zillia. Zillia, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, it's that's like one of the Fox people, isn't it? Yeah, I I don't know about that. Maybe all I know is that game. it's like a JRPG where there's oh no 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 where it's up Ooh. to like four players. That is that's not pretty the same interesting. Thing. I haven't I haven't heard of that before. I think the thing I'm thinking of is like Tales of Elysia or something. It's it's on Xbox for free right now. Is that one of those special games? You know those. those it's an indie game. Oh, so I was thinking special, that it was maybe. one of those. I thought I thought it was one of those. You know, you insult the indie crowd, Nate. You don't <laughs> like them. Was... <laughs> no, I was, I was I was saying it might have been one of those AO games. You know, the ones that you can never find at the store. Like uh, first world problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. I can't. I can't get my video games when I want them. It sucks. <laughs> Which, why did they even make that rating if pretty much the only thing that comes out is those ridiculous porn games, which never gets old? Hey, don't don't smash talk those uh, ridiculous porn games. Dude, those are like those are my Saturday nights, like, man. Like it's the same thing as the rating <laughs> X or NC seventeen for movies, right? If anything gets rated that, you're not gonna get anything. Well, I mean, it's it's a thing of uh, that. That's that's not it's really like, that's not really the rating system. That's that's more um just uh, publishers and distributors. They they've almost put a ban on those in general. Those will still those will still uh, go in circulation, but they're in circulation in places that you know aren't hush, hush. main. Well, yeah, aren't mainstream di- uh, distributors. You know, you're not gonna see uh, Uncle what, what's Joe's the, basement. You're you're not gonna see them in like a GameStop or a. I yeah. mean, I mean, even uh, yeah. X rated X rated movies. You're not gonna see those in a normal yeah. uh, blockbuster. Like, NC seventeen movies. Anymore. You basically have to hunt them down. Yeah, and NC seventeen isn't like that. It's not bad. It's just a rating that was. Oh, it's it's bad enough. Yeah, it was just a rating which I don't understand anymore because it's all well. R you have to be with a parent. But NC seventeen, no one else is allowed. What I don't understand. I don't. Uh, it, so you all have to be over seventeen, adults only kind of thing. Yeah, but eighteen, but eighteen's the gap for R. So then they're all well, we'll lower it one, and then make sure that it's only the people at seventeen and over instead of eighteen and over. And then they're all well, we're only gonna have up to R movies. But you're, why? You're hurting my brain right now. <laughs> okay, did you see the um? There was this awesome documentary. Explaining on it more Netflix. does not help me. <laughs> oh, well, well, I know what you're talking about. Hopefully, someone else knows you're talking about, about this. Um, this film's not yet rated, right? Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. Which that's a great film. Which great is film. amazing, and it highlights the fault in that rating system. Is it feel it feels old and it feels corrupted? Because to be honest, there should only be up to R. It's it's there random. Should, yeah, there should only be up to R, and then you can still have X because. People love their porn, and kids shouldn't watch porn. But for but for NC seventeen, I feel. Why'd they you need point to... at me when you said kids shouldn't watch porn? Because you look like a twelve year old. Shut up! You know what? <laughs> but I'll watch all the porn I want. I'll watch it right now on my phone. You, oh yeah. You ready? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you you keep talking. I'm gonna watch my porn. Don't you dare pull out some porn right like, now. We're in the middle of a podcast. Are you are really about to? I'm no, going. No. To... No, maybe. <sighs> Who are you? <laughs> but look away, look away. Don't look me in the eye. I will stare into your soul. <laughs> Don't but make it for, awkward. Um, NC seventeen to pretty much every filmmaker that's trying to get into like the actual normal distribution of like mass media and everything, right. and to get into the theater or something. If you hit NC seventeen, that's the mark of death because. Pretty much the media that you wanted everyone to see, or and anyone for to like really like appreciate it, it's going to have to be the art house, which art houses usually doesn't give you the money that you're looking for that you ended up spending on to make your feature in the first place. So then it's this thing of as soon as I get this NC 17 rating, I have to recut my entire film to get. Try and get an R rating. I think a bunch of people listening to this podcast have totally checked out right now. <laughs> They're like, "Oh my god, I don't care." <laughs> yeah. It it is. Let it me is, push up my glasses yeah. while I go into detail on the spi- space time continuum. 
but it's it, it is a thing that is a, is a problem. And I think it personally does need to get reworked. It's very archaic of a system. Yeah. But um, right now it's it's there's nothing really much to to do about it. The the it's so random. Um, yeah. The the ratings that literally you could probably submit the same film twice and get two different ratings. So yeah, you can. It, so it's it's a thing of it's a thing of whoever happens to be in the room and watches your film is who's going to be the one to judge it. And it's it could be anything from uh, a, any a liberal that thinks <laughs> anything should go on the on the big screen to, to a nun to a major conservative that's con- conservative, right? That's the right word that um that uh thinks that you know if w- you even allude to sex it's yeah. should be banned you know which is so weird because it's all if it's r and it's and kids can't get in without a parental like guardian right the guardian should one because they're taking them there they should know what the movie's going to have and if it's an r rating that's already alluding to there's going to be cussing there's going to be blood there's going to be stuff where this well, it's kid a, probably it says right next to it, it what it's for. Yes. What it's what it's rated for. Yeah. Why it's rated that Which, way. Which I hate that everything has to go PG-13 right now. It's really weird. Everyone's larger scared audience. of all, I mean it, yeah, it's larger audience and everything, but for for when I was back in school, I was hyping like finally being able to go see an R movie. And now there's barely any R movies. Everything's PG-13 now. Well, and it's kind of weird because it's all it'll be a heavy subject like war and it's supposed to be gritty and everything. And they're all we're not showing any blood. We're not showing any people cussing. We're not showing anything where it's all that would actually probably happen in real life. If I see my friend get shot and his head flies across the screen, I'm not going to be all, oh, golly, gee, what movies are you going to to see? (laughs) What movies are you seeing? That's do you not see? Do you not see um. You know the Disney movies; those are who. What Disney movies are having people's heads blown off? That's a horrifying Disney movie, <laughs> dude. If you go back and watch some Disney movies back in the day, they had some heavy topics. Heavy topics, but not heads blowing off. That's that's graphic <laughs> violence right there. You're already go. You're already venturing into into R rating right there when yeah. you've got decapitation. Well. If we go back to Alice in Wonderland, remember the Red Queen was always talking about taking off people's heads. True, talking about it. They never showed Yelly. somebody's head rolling. They they showed a shadow. Did they? When when was that? I don't remember that. Or that might have been Notre Dame that showed the shadow of someone getting guillotined. It was one of the Disney movies. It was that. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't, know it was I don't a cartoon. What scene you're talking about? I know it was a cartoon. Someone comment. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> if you know of any Disney decapitations, please comment yes. below. I I I think it's the 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 reason and it makes sense why the PG thirteen rate why people would do PG thirteen if it's yeah. as easy as cutting out some bloody scenes and some and, and some some cussing then and you can get a larger base for more people to go see your movie that just from a business sense makes sense and. Think think yeah. about it like this. Let's say now I release a DVD. A bunch of people liked it. Well, now the DVD comes with an extra R rating. Ooh, everyone's gonna buy it for that. You know all the uncut, the unrated, unrated. Yeah, <laughs> you can, which the unrated that everyone's going. Oh my god, it's gonna have that sexy ass like X rated scene. Five well, seconds okay, of extra footage. Seriously, do you think that a A list actor is going to? literally do a porn scene in a movie i mean you can hope right (laughs) hey hey scarlett johansson doesn't star in everything okay she can star in my movies scarlett johansson if you're listening to this and i i know you are you can uh you can go ahead and be in my movies you do know she has a kid right had or wait she's still pregnant she hasn't had the kid yet it's, is she? Did you have the kid? Still in her. <laughs> uh, I'm just. I, I didn't know. Uh, listen, I'm not sure. That means that she she's is still not in movies only, right now, though, isn't she's she? She's not only claimed, but she is also off the market. That's that is very true. She's Mr. Is, ha- Mr. Hanson. Sure I apologize for my uh, for my betrayals. I, I know you're. I, I know you're very heartbroken by this because obviously she takes my opinion of her very highly. Um, <laughs> Oh, is that is that her texting you right to, now? Just is that wanted why you to keep pulling out your phone. Formally, formally apologize. Listen, 
those pictures, they're nice. But Scarlett Johansson, is she still doing movies or is she taking like a, a pregnancy hiatus? Because um, I know that one movie's coming out with her in she's it. She's most likely going to, well, I don't under, I don't know if she is, but for normally when it comes to pregnancy and everything, everyone does take a hiatus, at least to recover. I kind of hope so. Or, she's been doing a lot of action yeah. movies. I do not want, that would be, uh, that'd be pretty well, hard know, to do when you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why they they're ending up uh, rushing the next Avengers movie because of rushing it. Well, they're rushing her scenes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that that seems it seems like you would just want to wait. You are you do talking know about how are, long it takes to? Are you talking about Avengers two or Avengers three? Avengers two. Oh, okay. You can't they got wait like for a, that. They got like a twenty year. 20 no, year because plan. you because then you have to wait for her to stop showing. No, no, no. I get, I get what you you're saying. To, now. I get. I I misunderstood yeah. what you meant. Yeah. I I thought you were talking about like like. Because like year twenty, they're trying to rush those yeah. scenes, kind of thing. Yeah, no, they're, they're Black Widow. They're probably filming that right now, actually. Maybe that was why. They Maybe were... we can get on set. You know, that'd be pretty awesome. Maybe that was why they were playing up the the Captain America and and Widow romance and and Winter Soldier. Spoiler, um, Winter Soldier, <laughs> to to be like a whole, you know, super baby thing. No, is this just me? There's head cannon. Uh... <laughs> You need to stop thinking about that. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, it's good good opportunity to have a pregnant Black Widow is pregnant Scarlett Johansson playing Black Widow. Right there, boom. I feel like Production there's design. some weird pun with Winter Soldier and Black Widow, but I don't feel like saying it. But anyways... To, well, I'm glad, to go back I'm glad to you took the time thing, to tell us. She's most likely going to take a hiatus. I, I'm sure. I'm sure she is. Yeah. She's been in a lot of movies lately, though. At yeah. least from what I've been, maybe I've just been seeing all of her old stuff, like maybe resurging. But uh, are you, are you like stalking her? Maybe. Okay. I might have some a locket with her hair in, it, and it. I might have a shrine in my closet. <laughs> so that's why your closet's always locked. Allegedly. Allegedly. You say that. Allegedly. Um. <laughs> that. In general, I really yeah. like the Avengers movie. I really yeah, like Scarlett Avengers. Johansson. The Avengers movie was great because it was entertaining. Right, I loved it. Right, but then when you go back, you remember that it wasn't really. A, it was more about like Iron Man's movie. Yeah, but Ro- Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. though is a great Iron Man. Yeah, it's hard to not like yeah. favor him the yeah. most. But to the yeah, but yeah. to the writer yeah. slash director story maker. To the writer's point, it is incredibly difficult to focus a movie where you have to f- usually go on one person's journey on a group. That's true. Because you, you have to build like rounded characters for everyone, and you have to comment on the cube for everyone. And but you they, have to... they had a ton of they had a ton of canon already to 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 build off of. They, I mean, it's not like he, they had to build the characters from the ground up. No, no, but the thing that you have to do is because you have to expect that someone is didn't read the comics, because I didn't read the comics. Shame. Oh, I'm sorry Ooh. that I'm a normal American, Shame. and I expect no, normal American? my stuff to be... Get out of here. Marvel is normal American. <laughs> communist. I'll go get some McDonald's. Sounds like you're a DC fan. <laughs> DC communist. What? I, I actually like DC. I don't know why I, I you, said you're that. You're random. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, with, um, now I lost my, I lost my train of thought. The, the, well, but, but, well, back to your point, just cause now I'll hijack this conversation. You suck. The, the well-rounded character, I honestly feel like, uh, the Avengers of any movie has probably balanced so many powerful in uh, powerful characters very yeah. well. I felt like I felt like there wasn't yeah. even though there was a lot of Iron Man, yeah. there it wasn't all Iron Man. But and that, that was really cool. That's as close as we can get with a was it 2 hours? Uh days it's Whatever. normal movie that, length. That's the closest you can get with the normal accepted studio movie length because right. they to be honest, I like um the Hobbit movies, but I really eh. hate that it's ridiculously long and it ends up dragging on with so so much. 
random oh we're we're now here oh there's this random side character that wasn't in the book that i decided to throw in and there's this and there's that and it's yeah he could have focused on the one book and come out with the one movie and it would have been even better for me but with the second one i found myself staring at the screen going is this over yet and i hate that feeling whenever in a movie there's a really weird transition from the Avengers to the Hobbit. Oh, you better keep up. I'm running on some solid state. Drives? No, drugs. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Once again, why are you not sharing? I think it was the first podcast. You had some drugs. What's up? Why not? Am I left out? Am I like that? I'm, I'm that kid in, in, the, in, in high school, you know, the one that doesn't get invited. I get it. That's cool. Talk to, talk to you later. You... You mean, but to my point, you know. The, <laughs> Why doesn't anybody just, love me? You have um, someone that loves you. Um, Your my mother. Uh, I mean, my <laughs> mother. <laughs> um, quickly shuffling away from that subject. Um, <laughs> that went south really fast. <laughs> Her hand went south really fast. Shut up! Shut up! Just, just, just. Gross. Too soon. Unwarranted. But you wanted it. That LD. And welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to the nothing. Anyways. Welcome back to the Dreadnought pod. I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> welcome welcome Work back. Burk, burk, burk. <laughs> welcome back to the Turn Down for What podcast. Oh my God. Welcome back to the Burkhurst. That's... That's how I'm, that's how I need to introduce that's intro this podcast from now on. Yeah, but you know, it's all good. Uh, I heard. Ooh, here's a. Uh, did you hear about the new Pokemon's the new Pokemon remakes? Uh, it was like Rub. I forget their names now, but it's the Ruby and Sapphire remakes. Did you hear about those? I don't really play Pokemon, so no. You had no childhood. I had a child. I I watched an episode of Pokemon. I like Digimon better. I like I like I li- Digimon a lot too. I don't know if I liked it better. I think uh, I think I like Digimon okay. on the same. Well, which I which, remember the names of the characters <laughs> of Digimon though. Which theme song did you like more? Definitely Digimon. Yeah. Although Pokemon's more catchy. Nah, Digimon, Pokemon felt for me like the lighthearted. Yeah, you know. But that's a cool. Let's that go cool follow it. this boy around who's kind of a annoying little. Careful and then, now. You know, Careful now. <laughs> and then, you know, Digimon was like, yeah, they're badass. Although, Digimon, <laughs> t- well, to Digimon's, uh, to Pokemon's uh, defense, Digimon's not still going to this day. And so, whatever. I mean, and you, it's because, you know what? Good things know when to end. Difference between Dexter and freaking Breaking Bad. Hey, hey, let's. No, let's see. You are horrible what? at transitioning from <laughs> movies. We're talking but, about kid shows, and now you're talking about adult shows. But that is it, there is no comparison between Pokemon and Breaking Bad. They both have what a is lesson. wrong with you? They both have a lesson for for young minds. You know, um, no, there is no lesson. Yeah, yeah, there you're is. wrong. There's always a lesson in a movie. Wrong. TV show, movie, whatever. There's always a lesson. That's the first thing about writing. Bring on the lesson, because we all want to learn. I'm joking. Most people are all cool. Oh, shiny things. So you should write a math equation in every single one of your scripts. Like, that's the whole, that's the only learning section. Everything else is completely pointless, but then at the very <laughs> end of the movie, it's like... That would be an amazing spoof for an five, action movie. Five times ten is fifty. <laughs> it's all you random. You learn something. Yeah. Just tons of random explosions and fight scenes, and they don't even have the same character. And then it's all it cuts to a random scene in a... <laughs> like science classroom or it's all well let's learn about the theory of relativity coming this fall mathletes mathletes explosions guns fighting hot chicks hot chicks <laughs> L- let's reword that scarlett johansson scarlett johansson hot chicks scarlett johansson level hot chicks more hot chicks <laughs> hot chicks on hot chicks and explosions did i mention explosions more explosions yeah Mathletes, coming 2014. 
That sounds like a terrible movie. I, I wonder if like I, I totally was peaking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we can uh, take that into Pro Tools and do some tweaking and everything. You know, if you take it into the EQ center and do some nice... Boo! Boo! God, that was boring. <laughs> hey. Talking about editing. Hey, we all like to learn things, right? <laughs> yeah. The space bar pauses this podcast. You are a nerd. Really? The space bar pauses this podcast is nerdy? (laughs) Of all the things you've said today, I said the nerdy thing. Hey, let's see. Someone on YouTube, do they know what the speed of light is? Yeah, they do. Do they know how fast they have to go to get through the time-space continuum and go back in time? Yes, they do. You're really overestimating the, the, the level of knowledge of the internet. I'm just saying. I believe in our people. I believe that someone will create a flux capacitor. Well, I guess that uh, that wraps it up. We believe in the internet, except for me. I think the internet's shit. Um, I love you all. Please don't leave me. Um, <laughs> that's uh, Laser Revolver podcast number, what number is this? Two? Three? Five? This is, 27? Well, this is technically two, because there's a, there's, a, there's a zero that we have, but... Which we might not release because someone so doesn't want to release We don't need it. To, we don't need to talk about that. But anyways, yep. That 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 that's all right. Missing episode of Lazy Revolver podcast. Well, we may uh, release it. Maybe not. Well, I guess that uh, that's a good episode. So tune in next time where we'll talk about uh, dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I'm Nate Diesel and I'm Sage Diesel. That's not my name. I'm Sage Greenwald. Bye. That's a boring name. Bye.